Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey everybody, this is Chad Madden with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk specifically about how to continue to grow your practice and actually thrive in downward economic cycles or challenging economic times. So you might have heard the term uh, stagflation thrown out there or perhaps uh, recession, and I wanted to find those for you. Also want to give you some very clear action steps that you can take to make sure that you're continuing to invest yourself, uh, invest in yourself, invest in your practice and grow. So let's get started. The So what is stagflation? Stagflation is simply a time of uh, recession and a recession is two consecutive quarters of uh, shrinking GDP. So we have that, um, it's fairly official, that uh, Q1, Q2 of this year in the US, here in 2022, we've had negative GDP growth. Um, so we're spending less money, there's mo- less money moving in the country. And so stagflation is a recession plus inflation. And nobody's denying inflation at this point. It's not transient, as was initially thought. Um, it is definitely here, right? Our, it is more expensive to live here in 2022, anywhere in the US, than it was back in 2019. Um, and that is inflation. The cost of goods are going up, and the, the worth of the dollar is less today than it was yesterday. So that's the, the economic client that we have. What other signs are you seeing? You know, get, we're paying five dollars a gallon for gas plus. Um, and if you're in healthcare, insurance reimbursements are declining. Uh, we have uh, declining physician re- uh, referrals. If you're in a uh, healthcare sector that relies on physician referrals, and there's also tremendous challenges with hiring. Although it seems like the pendulum might be swinging back the other way. So, you know, for most of us that are private practice owners, we're likely overworked, we're already time starved as it is. Now there's a challenging environment. What are we going to do? And we're going to talk about that here. Quick question for you just to think about, you know, are we really having inflation right now? And why it's urgent for you to address that. The the very first piece that I ever wrote for here at Breakthrough was around uh, the frog in the boiling pot. And uh, by the way, this isn't true, but it's almost like this uh, little wives tale or urban legend. But the the story goes that if you put a frog in a pot of water that's at room temperature and you gradually heat it up, um, eventually the you'll boil the frog. What really happens is the frog jumps out of the pot, not because I tried it, but because I've read about a lot of other people that have tried it. So, you know, it's very similar, the, that analogy, that story applies to us, you and I as private practice owners, because right now we, it, the temperature is warmer than it was yesterday. So, you know, and the way that you can think about that is if you go back to 2019 and you think about your income, and if you're not driving right now, you just might want to write it down. So write down what your income was in 2019, what it was in 2020, what it was in 2021, and what you think it's going to be this year, what you're on track to do as of this recording, we're a little more than halfway through the year. So what are you on track to do in 2022? Now, let's say you wrote down an average number for a solopreneur private practice owner, and it's 
$100,000. So you made $100,000 roughly, give or take, in 2019. And it stayed true for the last three or four years um, here through 2022. And you, you think you're about the same. Well, $100,000 buys significantly less today than it did back in 2019. For example, you know, you could go to gas. So if you're putting 30 gallons of gas in your vehicles each week for your family, you know, back in uh, 2019, that cost you $75. Today, that costs $150 plus. And, you know, many of the other expenses have gone up as well in terms of uh, travel, vehicles, airline travel, food expenses have gone up tremendously, real estate prices, um, utilities, all those things have gone up. And give or take, that's somewhere between 10 and 15% over the last um, over the last uh, three years. So if you had $100,000 in income in 2019, and uh, if you had that same $100,000 today, that you essentially experienced a 15% cut in pay, even though the number is the same. So that's the, in a nutshell, uh, the very quick explanation for what's happening with inflation. Now, if that's what's happening to you personally, what's happening with your business? Have reimbursements, whether you're cash pay or insurance based, have they gone up, stayed the same, or declined? You can answer that for yourself. Have your expenses gone up, stayed the same, or declined? You can answer that for yourself. Most of us are in a state now where we have a lower margin, lower profitability. We're in a riskier financial situation today than we were yesterday or three years ago. So that's the first thing that you want to think about in terms of urgency. And as we're going through, you know, the, and you're reading any sort of uh, national survey that's being done. I know CNBC just had one here in July of 2022, that 96% of high income earners, that's $100,000 a year or more, are concerned about inflation. Roughly two thirds of those high income earners are very concerned. It's it's at the forefront of everybody's attention. You know, what are we going to do? Is the dollar going to continue to um, increase in world power, but decrease in buying power, uh, which is an interesting situation. And the other thing that's happening is uh, roughly five in six people. So 84% of people have already cut their household spending because of inflation, or they plan to, um, they, they know they need to because of the, the rising the rising expenses. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk about are the three most common mistakes that owners make during periods of uh, economic downturn or economic uncertainty. I know this not only uh, living myself through, and the most prominent one was the 2008-2009 the housing bubble and depression or the recession that we had there. I think they called it uh, the great, what was the name of that? I want to say the great recession, but nonetheless, uh, you know, back in 2009, I can remember that was the year that I um, opened our second location and uh, really didn't know what I was doing in terms of how to do that. Ended up just, I was already out of time and ended up, uh, you know, was time starved, ended up just splitting my time between two offices, uh, which was very poor planning. Um, fourth quarter of that year, lost $98,000. That's income minus expense, no accounting trickery needed. Um, so lost nearly $100,000, almost lost the practice, put a lot of stress on myself personally, and also um, my family, my marriage. If I look back and reflect back and then also talk with other owners that have survived economic uncertainty, what were the mistakes that we made? Well, number one is we stopped 
investing in ourselves. And I'll share a story here in a little bit about how uh, and reinvigorated that or how I remedied that after that uh, economic crash in 2009. Big mistake number two is we stop marketing or stop hiring. So if you want a quick summation, biggest mistake number one is stop investing in ourselves. Big mistake number two is stop investing in our business, specifically marketing and personnel or hiring. Then the third thing that can happen and I've seen happen is I'll call it apathy. So literally giving up. And it's not that we close our doors and we just stop functioning altogether as a clinician or as a business owner, but really what can happen is um, any initiative, any effort towards growing the practice, um, whether we're talking about growing revenues, uh, growing uh, market expansion, market share, reach, anything along those lines, not necessarily just hiring more people or opening more locations. But there's a certain apathy that because of this economic environment, I have to wait for it to change or there's nothing that I can really do, right? That it's this external locus of control, this feeling that there's nothing we can do because of the, the economic environment. And there are the three big mistakes that we've gone through, that I've personally gone through, and that I see other owners do as well. So what do we do to essentially recession-proof or bulletproof ourselves, regardless of the economic environment? The first thing that we want to think about is, well, if the mistake is stop investing in myself and stop investing in my business, I want to think of, of ways or look at ways that I can invest in myself, invest in the business. You and I, if we're healthcare clinicians and we have a license here, in the US or wherever it's at, we invested in ourselves at least one time where we went to college, university, we earned a degree and ultimately uh, that degree qualified us to sit for a licensure exam. What was the expense of that? What was the investment? So if I reflect on my own uh, story, you know, I went to college misericordia, got a master's degree over five years or so. And I think the cost of that education was somewhere between $100,000 and $110,000. Now, the cost of education has gone up dramatically, has superseded or gone above and beyond the cost of inflation over the last 22 years or so. Um, and now frequently, you know, I'll talk with clinicians that are coming out of school with $200,000 plus in debt because the cost of their education was $300,000 or more. So why did we do that? Well, one, we likely wanted to help other people, right? That resonated with us, uh, a career within healthcare where we were providing high quality of care and helping people get back to normal. The second reason is some sort of trade-off on uh, delayed gratification and not going immediately into the workforce, but that we were gonna be able to do something that we loved, helping other people, and we were essentially gonna earn more money. Uh, maybe not a, a huge bump, right? Any one of us could have, done something different, you know, going and been a, going into banking or some other form of finance, stockbroker, insurance sales, et cetera, but we chose healthcare. And again, there was a trade-off, there was a sacrifice there that we were willing to go through in order to be where we're at today. It's that same exact thing right now. So where can we invest in, in ourselves and in the business? And there are essentially three ways that you can invest in yourself. Um, or in your business. And the way that I think about it within the business is we can invest in marketing. So we can have better marketing systems. We can uh, increase our ad spend. 
we within the community or the 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 marketing that we're doing to our past patient list and we can also increase invest in our personnel systems so whether that's uh, an hr function where we're providing more training to our staff that is certainly a possibility or we're continuing to build our personnel pipeline to hire more clinicians and more staff members in the future, team members in the future, we can invest there. So marketing number one, personnel number two. And the third place that we can invest is finance. And the way to think about that may be, you know, in areas of, for example, RTM has come up, you know, remote therapeutic monitoring. Um, That seems to be a buzzword right now with quite a few people that I've talked in the industry. I know literally just got an email from Ben Wobker, who's been on the podcast a few times, uh, talking about uh, remote therapeutic monitoring. Also, Chris Redding and the group at USPH. Like it is definitely on the national radar, um, and that would be a financial component. Other things within finance could be not only ways to mitigate declining reimbursements, but also other ways to look at you know our cash collection systems or patient collect collection systems, ways for patients to pay us on time, our billing systems as well, and you know, Bob Kowalik's been on here repeatedly over the years talking with us about how we can improve our, our collections and AR. So th- there are three systems to invest in. Now, the, the story that I wanted to share with you around investing, in, especially in yourself, is, you know, so 2009 went through um, that very rough period, lost $98,000. Um, first losing quarter that we had really since I started in private practice back in 2003. and what happened is uh, this might have been 2010 or so. A f- friend of mine, Kevin, had a ticket to a- an event that he had sponsored uh, at here in Harrisburg at the local Hilton, um, and it was a gentleman named Jeffrey Gittimer was coming in doing this event, speaking for a few hundred people, business people, salespeople that are here in the, the Harrisburg area uh, in central Pennsylvania. And I hemmed and hauled and didn't really want to go and. Kevin convinced me that I should go, that it would be a good investment. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really glad that he did that at the time, uh, just because I hadn't invested in myself in a while. And I wasn't really reading a lot, you know, just stressed out, very much focused on the external market. And uh, I was really good at being apathetic and playing the victim at the time. So went to the event, Jeffrey Gittimer at the time, I believe was in his 60s and pretty sure um, if you look him up, Gittimer is G-I-T-O-M-E-R. I think he at the time he had four books simultaneously on the New York Times bestseller list. The most famous one is the, the I believe it's called the Little Red Book of Sales. But Jeffrey Gittimer, he was published and I think he was syndicated in 110 newspapers, had his column syndicated all across the country. And he was basically espousing over his entire three or four hour presentation that, hey, by the way, there's digital media coming. You need to master this stuff. So at that time, it was a lot of talk about YouTube and creating video content and also email marketing, really got into that. And he said, listen, like I am a writer, but I've spent an entire career writing for newspapers. There's this new thing coming and you need to, you need to master it because it's going to create tremendous opportunity. And here's all the errors that people are making so far. And here's what I think will really win in the end. And what he pushed winning in the end was providing value to your customers or your potential customers. And that holds very true 
uh, 12 or 13 years later here to today. So anyhow, we got to the end of the presentation. Yes, he was selling something and uh, he had two packages and one, I remember it was called the cheap bastard package. And it was essentially a couple books, probably all of his books. I think he had seven or eight books at the time. And then he also had whatever the other package was. I just remember it was $500. And it, it had been so long that I had invested in myself. Um, and I remember like I was walking up, I was with another friend named Todd and we were about to you know, make our selection. Did we want to be the cheap bastard or did we actually want to invest in ourselves? And anyhow, I, because of peer pressure, I bought the $500 package. And I remember th- like that, that was a little bit of a stretch for me at the time. And, uh, and that was pretty unfortunate, but anyhow, I did that. And I was like, wow, I just invested $500 in myself. I better make this work. So I went home, I went through all the books, all the videos, all the, everything that he had available there, all the audio CDs. And it really just reinvigorated that, you know, there was a, a an opportunity. So usually a reception uh, period of economic downturn creates tremendous opportunity because not only are you going through the stress, but all your other competitors are going through the stress as well. I, and we can talk more about that here in a little bit. But the other thing that happened is, you know, as I was sitting there thinking about, should I buy something or should I not? I wasn't even worried about the different packages at the time. But as, as, I, as I realized that he was making a pitch, the question that resonated for me was, or that I had internally going on was, am I worth investing in? And at that time, truth be told, I'm not really sure that I was, right? So. 10 years earlier, no trouble at all, no thought process at all around investing $100,000, $110,000 to become a physical therapist. But here I was hemming and hawing about investing $500 in in myself and ultimately my private practice as well. And you just realize that an economic downturn can do that. It, It can shake us a little bit, but I had to, you know, as I was walking out and was making that decision, I had to you know, evaluate, am I worth making the investment and can I really make this work? And it's, it's easy to look back and say the answer is yes, but when we're going through that, it can be fairly intimidating. So rule number one, step number one, whatever you want to call it, is invest in yourself now. Go spend a dollar, get a public library card. That is an investment. You know, everybody has a smartphone at this point, or you have a laptop or a desktop. You can go on, you can do research, you can invest time in yourself. I find that the periods of business downturn that I've had ever are directly correlated with the amount that I'm investing in myself, not necessarily just of money, but also of time. And I think if you reflect back, you will find the same exact thing that investing in ourselves, whether it's time, money, or whatever other resources we have is a direct reflection of our, our business esteem, for lack of a better term, the confidence that we have in our business. We tend to have better business results when we're investing, just never shut that off, regardless of what's going on in the the economic environment. Hey, podcast listeners, when we make assumptions about others, it's just not fair. In spite of that, I'm going to make an assumption about you. You have a growth mindset. You want to help more people, leave a bigger impact, build a better practice. Am I close? If I'm right, then I have a unique offer that I think you'll be interested in. But first, if you're a regular listener, you probably know that this is brought to you by Breakthrough, the leading platform for private practice growth. Breakthrough's mission is to help people in pain get back to normal, live healthier, and do it naturally. 
the best way to do this is by empowering private practice owners like you to grow your business through direct-to-consumer marketing. If you're a practice owner with a growth mindset, you'd benefit from a risk-free consultation with a breakthrough growth expert. Go to getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer to take advantage of this unique opportunity. On that call, you'll learn the key principles of how practice owners are helping more people, creating a bigger impact, and building better businesses with Breakthrough Systems. As an added bonus, the team at Breakthrough is giving a $50 Amazon gift card to any of the podcast listeners who attend this growth consultation. Sign up for your growth consultation and $50 gift card at getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Again, that's getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. The second big point that I wanted to bring up here is know your numbers. And yes, you know, three years ago, we were absolutely watching our numbers back in 2019, pre-pandemic, never really turned that off. But now we are just as much as we can be the next level up in terms of diligence and discipline. So all of our directors are doing this. All of our team is reporting every single week what they're doing. And we are very much in the numbers. And I know I'll give an example. So I was in a marketing meeting this morning with a marketer and uh, one of our marketers here on staff and then also a director. And the one thing that came up is, hey, Q1, with this one marketing initiative, we were getting much better results. And now those results have declined a little bit. And my question was, what are we doing differently? And the, the knee-jerk reaction that most of us have is nothing. We're doing exactly the same thing that we were doing back in January. February and March. And so, you know, I just started asking questions. Well, are we using the same vendors as we used before? Are we doing these supplemental activities that we were doing before? And very quickly, it came to light that we had dropped some things that we were changing the way that we were doing our, our marketing, our actions on, uh, on, on a small basis. It didn't seem like a big change. Yes, the postcard looks very, very similar to what we were doing three or four months ago, but we, we had a de decline, right? So we want to go back. And that is when I'm talking about diligence and discipline, it's knowing your numbers, questioning more thoroughly, and really look at, looking at what's going on. The next thing, uh, number three, that I would include in here is never shut down building your team. Even if you are a solopreneur right now with maybe one receptionist or one assistant, clinical assistant, you know, maybe you only have a staff of one, two, or three team members. That's fine. Just you never want to shut that off because now what we're focused on doing and you should be doing as well, even if you don't have a position open immediately, you can still take a resume. We have a four-step hiring process straight out of the book who with Randy Street and Jeff Smart that I've shared on here before. So we'll receive resumes, never shut that process down, always have our ads out, ads running even if we don't have an immediate opening. And we will, when we receive the resume, if the resume you know, checks all the boxes that we're looking for, we will do a screening interview. And a screening interview is a 15 to 30 minute call. It's again, straight out of the book. You can check that book out um, to gather what they're doing in there. And then once we do that, if I'm talking with a candidate, I will let them know that we don't have an immediate opening, but we may be, we plan on having an opening in three to six months. Are they okay if I contact them back when we have an opening available? That, nobody's ever said no, right? It's inevitable if they're looking for work that they're going to be fine with you contacting them 
in the future. So we will do that and we do it for clinicians. We do it for the front desk. We do it for marketing. We do it for billing. We do it for everything um, up and down. Just never shut off hiring. The other thing is there's a this little subconscious component of morale. I'm not exactly sure if, if those words uh, land with you, but for us, if we shut down our hiring, that tends to be a, a pretty weird indicator to all of our team members, our 96 team members or so that we have right now, that something is wrong with the company. And nobody really wants to ever have an unstable work position. I don't think many people are signing up for that. And for us, even if we don't have an immediate opening, we always want to build that pipeline. You know, I'd rather be in a situation where we have 20 therapists um, on our waiting list uh, that we've done screening interviews with than zero and, you know, have a huge gaping hole in our clinicians. So never shut that off, especially during times right now, because most of your competitors will be shutting down their hiring. And then the fourth component is we double down on marketing. Now is the time to buy market share. You know, if you're in a town and let's say there are 10 other competitors that you have between hospital systems or healthcare systems, other PTs, other chiros, other rehabilitation professionals, what do you think they're doing during this point? Well, one, advertising expenses are going up. They're not getting cheaper. That is a real issue with uh, or a real reflection of inflation that is going on. It's more expensive to advertise online and offline, up and down the board. That is not going away. I don't, I don't foresee it changing in the next few months. So if that's happening and they're concerned about recession and they're concerned about all these other economic fears, they're operating in the same exact economic environment that you are, what do you think they're doing? They're making all the mistakes, right? They stop investing in themselves. They stop buying market share. They're doing all those human, right? They're going through those same exact things. So it, what that does is that just screams opportunity. And I know there's a lot of quotes, especially here in the last few years around that Warren Buffett has. I think the, the most famous one, and I'm going to paraphrase this, not a direct quote, but it's essentially when everybody is fearful in the market, we're going to be greedy. When everybody's greedy, we're going to be fearful. So yeah, the, the idea is that if the market is, you know, companies are overpriced then, and the market is greedy, meaning people are buying, then we want to be cautious, right? With our investments. If the market is cautious or in a recession, like we are right now, and there's market downturn, then we want to be greedy. We want to be buying. And it's the same thing in market share. So if everybody in my area or the, the bulk of the competitors in our area are closing down or shutting down their marketing arm, their marketing, their go-to-market motion, that's the time for us to pounce. It's a huge opportunity. It's when we want to double down. It's when we want to invest more heavily. We have increased our ad spend recently. We're buying more market share as aggressively as possible. And to the extent that we can, we can serve the market share that we're buying. So they were the four steps. Number one, invest in yourself now. Two, know your numbers, be more diligent and disciplined. Three, continue to build your team, build a pipeline, a waiting list, even if you don't have immediate positions available, never shut that down. Number four was double down on your marketing. So, and wanted to share that Jeffrey Gittimer story with you as well. So they're the four ways. That's how I would think about it in economic downtime. I'll give you one more reading that really very much when I read this, it resonated with me in my life experiences, but it's Ryan Holiday 
has uh, several books out. He's the stoic writer, but on this, there's ego is the enemy. The one that I really like for this is the obstacle is the way. He has another book out. Uh, the key is silence, something like that. Um, anyhow, the one to note here relevant to this conversation is the obstacle is the way. You can check him out anywhere books are sold. I believe he also has a fairly popular YouTube channel where he puts out free videos, um, but where he talks about, you know, if there would be no downturn period of fasting or whatever you want to call it, everything is cyclical and realize that the greatest opportunity is during the downturn, during uh, the recession, during stagflation. So I uh, hope this lands with you. Hope uh, you take a few action items away from here that you don't despair, that you realize the time to grow your practice is right now. And what will happen is you will stand out within your community. You'll be able to help more people. You'll be leaving a bigger impact and uh, creating a better future, not only for uh, your family, but also within your community, with the people you employ, et cetera. Uh, thank you for tuning in, as always, to the Grow Your Practice podcast. This is Chad Madden, and I will be talking with you uh, next time. See ya. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.